Man, that's good. And I hope that you were encouraged by that. That is, that is as strong um, a song as we're going to sing this evening. And uh, when we're in, in the valley, uh, we need to be reminded of that. And sometimes it doesn't look the way we think it's going to look of how the Lord's going to bring us through to the other side. But the Lord will never fail us. And uh, he'll be true to us no matter what's going on. Thank you guys for being here this evening. Uh, Ryan, I too uh, thought that it was going to be a little uh, cooler uh, myself. And so long sleeve shirt and jeans and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm a little toasty myself. A hot cup of coffee, that was a bad decision. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, whatever. You know, uh, I will tell you, speaking of a cup of coffee, one thing that I really enjoy doing. I don't know if you guys are on version. If you're not, can I just encourage you to be on version to study your, the, the Word of God? Uh, if you, I mean, it is one of those things. That it is a tool that Life Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, has done probably the single most influential thing for the kingdom of God by making available for free the Bible in Bible app in almost every translation that there is on this planet, uh, in every language that is on this planet. And if you don't like reading, you don't have to read it, just let it read it to you. If you don't like to be read to, then just watch a movie. So all you gotta do is just read, watch this, let it talk to you. It's a really beautiful thing. And one of the things that I really enjoy, there's a, there's a certain aspect of the Bible app that there's another group of people that has begun this project called the Bible Project. And it is probably just one of the greatest ways of in everyday terms, just explaining what books of the Bible are all about from start to finish the themes of them and just kind of what the book is about, what's happening at the time and just really putting it all together. And so this evening, what I wanted to do is just show you what 10 minutes will do in your life through version, through the Bible Project, and just so you can kind of understand. There's a story that many of you know, many of you don't know. It's the story of Jonah. And uh, tonight we're gonna be in the book of Jonah. And so what I would like for us to do, just to get an overarching view of the book of Jonah, one of the minor prophets, uh, and we're gonna spend some time, you know, um, over the next several weeks dealing with these minor prophets. And, uh, and so let's take 10 minutes and let's just discover, start to finish, the book of Jonah. Isn't it amazing what you can get in 10 minutes? Where you just, you'd look at the word of God in a different way, where you can just see the fullness of these books of the Bible. And, and you know, these, these are offered in every single, um, all of the 66 books, and you can read, and then you can study, and then there are additional uh, things that are available, other uh, videos and everything that are, that are you know, kind of shrunk down for different parts of scripture. And so I just, uh, shameless plug, you know, a great way for you to pour over the Word of God, uh, and uh, and we really don't have any excuse, do we? Uh, because it's in every in whatever way we learn best, we have the ability to do that. There, you know, we're beginning a new series, uh, Prophets of Doom, and uh, gosh, it just sounds so ominous and so difficult and so tough. The cool thing is, is that yes, while these are prophets of doom, there is a very encouraging, very hope-filled, very wonderful message that is at stake here. And, uh, and so we're gonna see the Lord flip the script on us a couple of times where we get to look introspectively and then we also uh, can look just objectively as we look at uh, these prophets and the messages that they had and what the Lord was doing through them. And so we're, this is gonna be a study. We're gonna be going through some of the minor prophets. And uh, we're gonna take the next several weeks and we're gonna take you know one each week and just 
is deal with a message uh, from the minor prophets. Now, the minor prophets are very well uh, not known for their uplifting and positive messages. Uh, in fact, they're very well known for uh, communicating that there is sin at, uh, uh, that is present and if a person doesn't repent, or if a community of believers doesn't repent, or the kingdom of God, the people of God, if they don't repent, then there is doom that is coming their way. And you guys saw that, obviously, uh, in the over, uh, overview of the book of Jonah. And, uh, and so there's, a, there's a, a, a call to repentance that you see in each of the minor prophets, and their call is to do things like abandon idolatry. Anything that's being put over and above God, you gotta abandon that. God's gotta be your one and only, your one that is at the top of the food chain. Uh, they call uh, the people to embrace the mercy of God, which is interesting, you know, because wouldn't you think people want to receive the mercy of God, but in fact, oftentimes people want people to get what they deserve. But yet the prophets are saying, let's embrace the heart of mercy of God, uh, at least for the most part. Jonah definitely is not one of those, right? Uh, they also are encouraging to rejoice in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And yes, the answer is the Holy Spirit alive and well. As you read the Old Testament, just as we read the New Testament, it isn't something that's just reserved for us that live on this side of the cross, that we get the indwelling of the Spirit when we receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. The Spirit of God has been alive from very creation and before time even existed on this earth. And then, of course, they call the people of God to anticipate God's coming judgment. They definitely are saying the judgment is coming. You know what else, though? They also are saying the kingdom, this glorious kingdom is coming. And so there's this end and this beginning that is coming. And the cool thing about these is all of these messages, they still resonate in our world. They still are alive and well. They still are present. They still apply. And we can still learn a whole lot from these prophets from this side of the cross. You know, each week in this series, we're going to examine a passage from one of the minor prophets. And so this week, it's Jonah. And uh, Jonah, obviously, as you saw in the video, he resisted going to Nineveh, not because of anything other than he didn't want his enemies to be freed from God. To be freed by God, excuse me. And so he refused to go. And uh, yeah, it was a dangerous place and it was, it was scary and all of that kind of stuff. And there was all kinds of stuff going on in Nineveh that, that you, know, you just kind of didn't go and be a part of uh, if you were a God-fearing good person kind of thing. You know, um, but truth is, Jonah just wasn't interested in God's mercy, at least not for other people wasn't interested in God's mercy, and uh, really, he just was interested in justice for people's wickedness. And, uh, and of course, you know, it doesn't take long for us to read this story and look in present day and realize, man, I can be guilty of this. I can be guilty of wanting somebody else to get the penalty for their crime, their sin, their whatever, but wanting grace and mercy for me. You know, and so it's not, it's not a far stretch to put ourselves in this story and to realize this. And so here's the key truth for today. Uh, and so we just kind of got to get it out right at the beginning. If we desire to exercise punishment instead of forgiveness, our hearts aren't in line with God's plan. 
And so if we find ourselves in these moments where we really want people to get what they deserve, we have to understand that our hearts are not in line with God's heart. Our hearts are not in line with God's plan. It doesn't mean that we don't want justice, all right? But it's this punishment. It's this wanting God to be punitive. It's this wanting God to to turn the knife in people and to really create major distress in their lives Instead of forgiveness, if we really don't want people to get the, the opportunity to the free gift of love through Jesus, we've got a heart problem, and we've got an issue inside of us that we really need to allow God to inspect and to kind of look at and to, to set us free uh, at the same time. And so, so Jonah chapter 3 is where we're going to be this evening, and so you've kind of seen this parsed out in the video, but Jonah chapter 3, we have this prophet, and his job was to be a prophet of doom in this moment. He was supposed to go to Nineveh, and he was supposed to give them this prophecy that told them if they don't do something different, there is going to be doom and devastation that is headed their way. And so because of Nineveh's sinful ways, God declared through Jonah after a whole lot of stuff beforehand, he said these words, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And isn't it interesting that they understood what that meant? Doesn't that show you that the words that we speak and the things that we do, the Lord is able to communicate in ways that we cannot communicate The Lord is able to turn hearts in ways that we are unable to. In our faithfulness, though, the Lord is able to turn hearts. And it's a really pretty amazing deal. And so we've got this 40 more days, Nineveh will be overthrown. And just as Jonah in all of his humanity feared, verse 5, the Ninevites believed not Jonah, they believed God. The Ninevites believed God A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. What an interesting response to this threat. What an interesting response to this prophet's word they heard the voice of God. Interestingly enough, Jonah, though, he didn't want this. He wanted them to get what they deserved rather than to be set free in order to send a message about sin. You ever been there before? You don't want the person that sinned to win. You know, sometimes this shows up in the smallest of things, you know, where you, you look at a team that plays dirty and you just start saying, Lord, you don't really want them to win, do you? Let's let these good guys over here, they're trying to do it right, they're trying to do a good thing, let's let them win and teach these sinners a lesson. You know, and, uh, and so, you know, we kind of, we, we start to, to show up in, in things like where you're, you know you're sitting around the dinner table and you're talking about your child's next extracurricular activity and they're supposed to play this team that's known for being dirty, right? And you're trying to instill these wholesome values and be a team player and to make sure that you're a good winner and a good loser and all those kinds of things all at the same time, right? You're trying to, trying to do the right thing. And in the back of your mind, you're, you're kind of praying, Lord, let my team win, as if God really cares about the outcome of the game, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like God really cares about the outcome of the game. No, God cares about the players on the field. Absolutely. The outcome of the game, no. It's the irony of both teams saying the Lord's Prayer in their own locker rooms for God's will to be done, hoping they'd really let us win. You ever thought about the irony of that? Both teams are doing the same thing. It's really kind of strange. But anyway, you get the idea of what's going on here. You know, and so Jonah really 
wanted to send a message about sin. He really wanted them to pay the price for their sin rather than to be set free from their sin and to turn and live a righteous existence here on this earth. And so that's not God's heart though, is it? That's not God's heart. And so here's here's what we learn from Jonah. We learn from Jonah that many who speak in terms of justice and God's wrath, the idea that he might relent is sometimes difficult to accept. Sometimes it's difficult to accept that God would not give somebody what they deserve. Even though it's what we want, isn't it? It's what we want that God would, when it comes to our sin, that God would go easy on us. Isn't that an interesting thing? So it doesn't take long to put ourselves in the Jonah story. It doesn't take long to put ourselves in the Ninevite story. It doesn't take long for us to put ourselves even in God's part of this story as well. And so when the Ninevites respond to the Lord, they turn from their ways, they have hearts of repentance, they in that moment hoped also that God would relent, that God would not destroy them, and that they would be able to go on and live the free life that they aspired to get to live, all at the hand of the Lord. And of course, you know, Jonah 3.10 shows that God did indeed relent. God saw what they did, saw how they turned from their evil ways. He relented and did not bring on the destruction he had threatened. And Jonah's not happy. So we're gonna back up just a little bit, okay? Let's back up just a little bit again and let's kind of go through Jonah. Let's kind of work ourselves through Jonah a little bit, and let's just kind of see where we are in all of this story. You know, um, it's kind of shocking, isn't it? You have this prophet. I mean, isn't it the case that a prophet should be synced up with the Lord? I mean, a prophet who's received God's love, received God's message, wouldn't you think a person who's supposed to deliver God's message is fully on board with God's heart? Well, isn't it the truth that sometimes we have received the message of God, but are we always on board with God's heart? It's kind of an interesting deal, isn't it? But we have this prophet who clearly is not synced up with God's heart. And so we ask the question, why would Jonah take such a position towards known sinners? Well, they were enemies, right? So obviously we can see that in this Why would Jonah be so upset, though, when he knew it was in God's character to relent? And the main reason is simply this. Jonah's heart was not in line with God's. He wasn't in line with God's plan. He wasn't in line with God's heart. Yes, he had received this message from the Lord that he was to give to people, but he was not in line with God's heart. Jonah had heard from the Lord. He was able to deliver God's warning but he wasn't synced up. He wasn't on the same page. And so what we've got to be careful of, though, in this story is be careful before we pass judgment on Jonah, right? We can look at this and go, God, Jonah, didn't you know better? I mean, come on, we got to be careful of this because judging Jonah is not much different than Jonah's judgment on Nineveh. we got to be real careful on this. And so I ask this question just kind of as we pull things together here. Here's the question. Who do you identify most in the book of Jonah? 
Like, who do you identify with most? Do you, do you find yourself where you identify with Jonah? Where you're like, I can see where he's coming from. Somebody who's betrayed, somebody who's been a threat to me, my family, my faith. You know, I sometimes want them to get what they deserve. Can you find yourself in line with Nineveh? where you are like, no, I, I get it. You know, here are these people, they just don't know any better. They don't know the Lord. They don't know what's going on. How are they supposed to act like they trust the Lord if they don't know God? And then, yeah, they need an opportunity to be able to repent and turn from their ways and follow Jesus. Or maybe you find yourself, you're like, man, I totally can, can see where God's coming from, where you can see humanity and you're like, man, there's so many people that haven't had a chance to, to get to know God. They need an opportunity to know the Lord. And so, man, man, Lord, delay your coming. Again, delay, delay it farther. Even though we're longing for heaven, delay that, Lord, so that we can share your good news with this world so that hearts will turn towards you. And thank you for loving my enemies in ways that I can't love my enemies or in ways that I don't know how to love my enemies. And you find yourself kind of in that, in that lane. Who do you identify with most? Here's the cool thing. No matter what your answer is in that question of who you identify with most, you're here because you want to be like God. I believe that with all my heart. I don't think that you're in this room. I don't think that you're tuning in online because you don't want to, you don't want to have the heart of God. You don't want to see people the way God sees people. You don't, you don't want people really to get what they deserve because you recognize what you've been given. We just... We just have our sin nature and our humanity to have to deal with in the process. And so you're here because you want to be like God. And Jonah, man, there's lots of thought processes out there. You know, I have to believe that at the heart of hearts of hearts of hearts, like in the deep down, Jonah really did want to be like God. I have to believe that. You know, there was a connection to the Lord at some point. In it, and in, what, in one way or another, Jonah, he got off course. And he got bitter and he got resentful and he got all these things that weren't the heart of God. You know, and the Ninevites, man, they found themselves eventually desiring the things of God, desiring God himself. So here's what it all comes down to. It comes down to the human heart. It comes down to our heart. It comes down to the way that we view people. It comes down to the way. And so this whole book of Jonah, it's the hardness of the human heart juxtaposed or compared to the compassionate heart of God. That's what this whole book is about and where we fall on this. And so as you live your life, this is an important one to remember. In those moments where you desire God to exercise punishment instead of forgiveness, your heart's not in line with God's plan in that moment. That should be a cue for you to go, okay, Lord, I'm not sure. Could you show me what's going on here? Why is it that I want so badly for them to pay for what they did? Why is that? That should be a cue. It should be something that kind of comes up to the top where we're like, hmm, I'm desiring punishment. I'm desiring God to make their lives miserable. See, in that moment, we have a heart issue. There's something going on internally. You want to know kind of an interesting piece of the puzzle? A lot of times, the very things that we're having the hardest time with, a lot of times there are things that the Lord's bringing to light internally. 
Like we look at somebody's actions and something happens, and oftentimes, whatever it is that's really got us kind of pinged, oftentimes, that's the very thing that the Lord is, is bringing to light internally in us that longs for us to deal with some things whether it's something in our past, whether it's something in our present, whether it's an opportunity we have coming in the future that the Lord knows is coming that wants to help us navigate that properly, wants to help us navigate in a way where we share the gospel message in the way that is the good news. So we just got to understand that in those moments where things begin to bubble up, we need to pay close attention, especially when our hearts begin to turn towards punishment. People getting what we think they deserve, hoping God wants that. That should be a cue for us. See, Jonah was called to give bad news to a group of people that he longed to see what was coming to them, but God had bigger plans, and God always has bigger plans than we have. You know, and it's important for us to step back. It's important for us to remember the heart of God. It's important for us to understand we all bear prophecies of doom, don't we? We can look at people and go, man, if you keep going down that way, it's not going to be good for you. But what we have to remember in that is be careful because when we point one finger, we got three fingers pointing back at us. Okay, we got to be very careful because if we keep going down the judgment path, if we keep going down the punishment path, we too have doom in our future. And so we have to see how this plays out in our lives. And so if we are unwilling to listen, things are not good. However, when we relent and we allow the heart of God to transform our hearts and our lives, hope is what awaits us. Good news, joy, all of that awaits when we turn to the Lord uh, in that way. Rosemary Nixon, she, uh, she talks about this hope when she says these words. She said, instead of blastful, sin, or blasting sinful, selfish humankind with the full force of his righteous anger and unimpeachable justice, the Lord of all creates the possibility of new life by offering forgiveness and inviting the forgiven to his Thanksgiving banquet. The central tenet of human righteousness, it's not sinless perfection, but it's a self-awareness of our solidarity in human sin. We're all together in human sin and our dependency on God's forgiving grace. We all need it. Out of such inconceivable divine grace and unimaginable generosity comes the impetus for gratitude, goodness, mercy, and truth in human living. See, those are the things we long for. It's the heart of gratitude. It's the heart of goodness, mercy, and truth rather than a punitive heart because that's the heart of God. It's a generous, loving heart. You see, Jim Cimbala, he's the pastor of the Brooklyn Tab. You may know him. Um, just a remarkable pastor. You know, it was back in the day, and he's, he's leading the, the congregation. They were having multiple services throughout the weekends. And at the time, if you know anything about the Brooklyn Tabernacle, um, it's in the heart of Brooklyn. And, uh, and it's just a, it's a Holy Spirit, just unbelievable experience for people whenever they worship there. I mean, just story after story after story. Well, also at the time, you know, whenever they were kind of getting started, they're in all these services. People are lined up around the block in order to just get in the building to be able to worship and enjoy time with 
with the Lord and see what the Lord's going to do to transform their lives. Well, also in that, it begins to, because they were known for being a very generous church, they were known for caring for people in their time of need, it also brought on a whole lot of people who were just wanting a free handout. They'd come into the building, they'd go to different church members, they'd go to 25 different folks saying that they need cab fare, you know, and get cab fare for 25 different people. And so he tells this story in a way where he's finished up the weekend services, he's sitting on the stage, and he's looking out into the congregation, and uh, every, and like the, 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 the ministers, pastors, and lay leaders are, are ministering to people and they're praying over and they're caring for people and he notices this guy that's sitting out and he's kind of looking at Jim and, and Jim's looking at him and, and, and they make eye contact and he could tell the guy's like, hey, is it okay for me to come up and talk to you? And so they, they strike up a conversation and, uh, and, and, and before he even knows it, the thing that hit him more than anything about this man was the smell. And I mean, it was just awful of awful of awful. He describes it as, you know, urine, feces, BO, and you just stir it for about an hour. Uh, that's, what, that's what he described it as. And so it's just this, oh my gosh. And so he's like, you know what? He probably needs a meal. And so I'll give him a meal. So he goes to reach for his wallet to give him some money. And the man says, no, no, no. He says, I don't want your money. He says, I'm going to die out there. I want this Jesus you're talking about. And see, Jim had misread the book by its cover. And in that moment, it just the, the Lord just convicted him in a way where he's judging this person by a smell, by, a, by, a, um, by, by the actions of other people, by all of these things. And the Lord just convicted him where they both in this moment are able to just repent for their sin. They're both able to, to find this common ground. And this man, you know, he goes on, you know, um, at Thanksgiving a little bit later, he's, he's eating Thanksgiving dinner with Jim and his family and come to find out he meets a, a lady through the church and they get married. And then this guy, a couple of years later, becomes a minister of the gospel, telling a story and sharing the gospel of Christ with people. And I share that story because to me, that's just really, really, it's a really powerful story in we have to be careful of where we are and how we see people. You know, because we can be Jonah real quick if we're not careful. And, and we, can, we can judge a book by its cover or we can judge an enemy by their actions or we can, all those kinds of things. We just have to be really, really careful because if we're just wanting people to kind of get out of our way so that we can live our righteous life, sometimes we're pushing Jesus out of the way in the process. And so we just have to be really careful when it comes to this. And so my hope is, is that it's in a story like Jonah. It's in a story like, like Jim Symbol. It's in a story like what we talk about here that we're able to step back and remember, listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord, hear forgiveness, receive forgiveness, give forgiveness, and be excited when someone turns from their sin and is set free from punishment. It should evoke a joy. It should evoke an excitement within us. And so just as we finish up today, and we're going to step into a time where we just thank the Lord for his sacrifice for our lives so that we live this life that we get the privilege of living today. And so I, I say as we finish here, we want Christ to return as soon as possible, don't we? Like we would desire heaven. We're just like, man, Lord, I long for heaven. I can't wait for this new heaven, this new earth where there's no pain, there's no more tears, there's no more sadness or no anything like that. And while at the same time we long for heaven, Lord, may we also 
long for it to take a while for Jesus to return so that it's more and more opportunity for people to recognize their need for Jesus and to turn from sin and shame and to be set free, to live this life that God has imagined for them to live when he breathed life into them in their mother's womb. Father, we love you and we thank you for tonight. Lord, here we are in this moment and Lord, we wanna make ourselves vulnerable to you. And Lord, in these moments, if we find ourselves with a propensity to pass judgment towards somebody, and Lord, the easiest ones to pass judgment are those who have betrayed, those who have defended, those who have stabbed us in the back, those who have let us down, those who we've laid our lives down over and over and over for, and they've never been thankful for it or anything like that. It's so easy to find ourselves pointing the finger and saying, this is not okay. And Lord, at the same time, Lord, it's in that moment that we recognize we have a heart problem because Lord, you don't give life with strings attached. You give freely, but yet Lord, we tend, we tend to attach those strings. And so Lord, will you help us? Will you help us to have your heart? And will you help us to see people the way you do? And will you help us to give to give what we want for ourselves. And Lord, will you set people free on this earth, including us? So Father, we, we need you. Because Lord, this is a tough one to, to have to navigate. But Lord, we know you've already navigated it. We've already read about it. You've navigated it multiple times. But Lord, there's no greater place that you navigated it than at the cross. For Lord, you declared... Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Father, that is our story to a T. And so, Lord, may we receive right now your love. May we receive your forgiveness. And, Lord, may we declare you as Savior. And as we declare you as Savior, Lord, may we share your story. And, Lord, may we long for your story to set people free rather than to receive punishment. May we long for your story to set people free as it has us. Father, thank you so much for today. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite our elders to the front as we enter into this time of response. For our time of response today, we're gonna to partake of the Lord's Supper. And one of the things that we know about the Lord's Supper is that this is one of the two ordinances of the church that we are commanded, we are encouraged to partake of. Uh, this one and baptism. And of course, in the Lord's Supper, we know that there's a couple of things that we need to make sure that we're aware of. Um, as, the, as the elders are preparing the table, um, one of the things that Jesus instructs his followers is that whenever we partake of the Lord's Supper, it's very important that we do some heart work prior to partaking of the elements. The reason is if we partake of this supper in a worthy, in an unworthy manner, what happens is we're actually eating and drinking guilt and shame upon ourselves. And so one of the instructions is if you have something against someone in the body, it's important for you to go and make that right, to have some forgiveness, have some talk where you ask forgiveness, get a relationship right before you partake of the elements that we're gonna pass out in just a few moments. If there's something going on inside of you where, where you are not connected to the Lord in a way in which 
it's appropriate for you um, to partake of the elements. It's important for you to also recognize that you should probably hold off and not partake. And this would be, this would be in the case of if you've not accepted Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. This is a time for you to not uh, partake of the elements because you don't want to drink or to eat condemnation upon yourself uh, in this moment. Um, you know, but if you have received Jesus, this is one where you are welcome to partake. The cool thing is everyone is welcome in the kingdom of God. And God longs for relationship with each and every person. And so whenever we eat and we drink this evening, one of the things that we are proclaiming is we are proclaiming that Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. One of the things we know that happened after that was he was buried for three days and after three days, he rose again. He appeared to many people giving proof that he rose from the dead and then he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. And so today we are being reminded of what Jesus did for each and every one of us in this room. And as we partake this, we're also proclaiming that in and through our lives as we go forward. And so may we never forget what Jesus did for us. And so what I would like to do is I would like for us to pray and then we will begin to pass out the elements uh, and, uh, and we'll partake of this meal together. Father, I pray that right now across this room, Lord, that there would be an opportunity of evaluation. Lord, yeah, there's the evaluation of the Jonah story. There's evaluation of so many the individual stories that are across this room. And Lord, I just ask that you would help everyone to evaluate. Am I in a position right now, Lord, where I'm synced up with you? Or Lord, do I need to do some heart work where I'm asking forgiveness to where I am in a worthy manner, proclaiming your death, knowing what you did to set me free? Lord, that each of us across this room, we recognize that your love for us changes everything. Your love for this world changes everything. And Lord, when you died on that cross, it changed everything. Father, I pray that this evening, as we partake of the bread and we partake of the cup, that we were remembering your body and your blood that was spilt for us. Father, we thank you. We pray this through the saving name of Jesus. Amen.